Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the microphone with thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hi, this is Tim Venable of Cornet's Global. Joining me for this edition of What's Next is Michael Shelton, Director of Real Estate, Eastern U.S. and Canada for Microsoft. Our topic is Aligning Expectations to Drive Success in Corporate Real Estate. Thanks for being here, Michael. And if you would, please introduce yourself a little further. Hi, Tim. Happy to be here. Yeah, just um, Rob, so who I am. So I have a background in electrical engineering that I got back in the 90s. I've been prior to Microsoft. I've worked internationally on a variety of locations and first joined Microsoft in 2012 is uh, in a similar role to what I am today is their uh, you know, real estate portfolio manager for the greater China region. And then in 2015, I had the opportunity to back, move back to the U.S. And now I'm based out of Denver, Colorado, managing our East Coast and Canada portfolios. Okay, fantastic. So let's dive into this top. Here's my first question. What do you keep front and center as you work to keep your portfolio aligned with the evolving needs of your internal clients? Great question. Yeah. And I think it's almost, it's easy, deceptively easy. The, the first thing is agility. You know, like, as you said, we've got, you know, we're in a, we're in a dynamic industry and our, and our business requirements change or our, our group's business requirements change over time. So it's, it's really, I want my team to have their agility muscles strong. And if I think of four critical attributes that, that I emphasize with my team in order to to create that agility, I think of really four things. One is curiosity, collaboration, conviction, and creativity. You know, that first one, it's really about being curious about your clients. You know, what are their goals? What's important to them? And you don't just do that once. It's that ongoing engagement to stay aligned with their vision and just constantly asking questions. I think that's an attribute that we should all have. Collaboration, too. You know, the second one I put out there was Hey, let's let's be active in conversations and discussions with our client and partners. You know, don't just work alone. You know, don't wait for meetings, but in real time throughout your work day and throughout your your work week, just be collaborative with your networks, your clients, and our and our partners. The third one I mentioned was like conviction. You know, like is if we do the first two well, right? We're we're going to be able to think hard about our clients' needs and how best to strategically you know support them. Don't think in terms of like desks and square footage, but really think about how we can strategically support their business. Really, you know, and, it, and it's about testing our ideas, right? And if we if we do that really well, you know, then we get that conviction. And I think that we'll be, you know, convinced that we've chartered a path that the team really believes in and, and that supports our clients' needs. And then find, finally, and you know, the one that I really love is creativity, right? And this is where like, Hey, in Microsoft, we have that platform. You know, let's challenge the paradigms, right? And as our customers are moving and they're, you know, they have their evolving needs, we need to flex and be dynamic with that. You know, we we we're based, you know, we have the basis of understanding their business. We've got the conviction that their path, you know, that we're going is right, but we have to be responsive and dynamic and being creative to address their business requirement changes or maybe just the physical space or, you know, market conditions we're dealing with in this, in the face of this dynamic landscape. Okay. Fantastic. All that makes perfect sense to me. Now, what are the keys 
Michael, to creating productive relationships with those internal business clients. It's so important to have a good rapport, a good relationship with them. What should each party, the business and real estate, expect from the other? Well, it goes back to what I was saying with my four C's, you know, curiosity and collaboration, right? I think like one, you know, in that productive relationship, if the client recognizes that you're interested in hearing about them and, and not just, you know, like checking the box, right? They recognize that you're interested in their long-term goals and business requirements, you know, you've got to, you know, and you're an advocate for them, they'll, you'll, you win credibility with them. You know, and again, it's it's not about waiting for some of those projects or external events, right? If, if I can think of a couple of examples here, you know, one of my team in um, New York and Montreal was actually faced with the challenge of delivering space for a new, or not a new organization, but for researchers that come out of the university environment. You know, and th these are, you know, these researchers are academics and thinkers that, that really power the future of Microsoft in our industry. They're not traditional engineers or sales. You know, they are they are highly trained resources that think and set out a, a vision, right? So, you know, my team not having worked with these individuals previously, you know, recognized that hey, this space had to be conducive to helping these teams really solve complex problems and also to recruit. You know, these were organizations that were growing, so they the space had to be positioned so that we could recruit some of the best minds in the world. And so the, the challenge, you know, the, the creativity that I put out with my team was like, hey, we need to challenge the old ways of thinking and not, not just deliver them space that had been delivered before or treat them like another engineer at Microsoft. So, you know, Microsoft has this philosophy of demonstrating a growth mindset. You know, it really put the challenge on my, to my team of not discussing why we can't do something, but let's discuss like what we can do to make, make this creative space happen. And so one of the first things that we did was like, it goes back to my, my earlier comment about curiosity. We got curious and we wanted to learn. You know, we, we interviewed similar organizations with similar research researchers worldwide, you know, and we were very thoughtful and intentional in how we, you know, understood their businesses. So these were, you know, PhDs, you know, researchers in Redmond, Silicon Valley, Boston, Cambridge, UK, and India. And it was really, you know, asking thoughtful questions like you know through a collaborative and iterative process it was how do you work how do you work as an individual or a team or with other teams you know what structure and what form do their does their work take place and then really like how do you collaborate and and how does it differ from other engineers within microsoft um so through this process you know of doing our research we at the end of that body of work we came back to them and played back what we thought or what we'd heard and we say, hey, this is how we think you work. And this is how we think that we can design and deliver a space for you that, that works. And again, there was feedback and it was this iterate, you know, this iteration. But because I think we had done the groundwork of the research and the groundwork of developing this relationship over time, it allowed us to get to a space where we landed designs that that balanced their need for private space, you know, like their, their old traditional locations. With the need to, you know, some of those more open, collaborative areas for their internal and external peers, and one of the unique spaces that we landed or delivered in New York and um, Montreal was what we call a team room, and this is something that you won't find a, uh, you know, in our guidelines. But this was a, this was an open space that was designed as a gathering place for visiting lecturers, researchers, 
where we could bring in, you know, the, these people that they want to collaborate with, where they could present white papers or just talk and connect. And, and the intent was like this cross-pollination between the Microsoft community and this external, you know, community of academics and experts could help spawn some of these, you know, spontaneous discussions or call it lights of um, interest, right? That would lead to, you know, technology breakthroughs in the future. Cool, a tea room, that sounds like fascinating space. I'm sure it's working well. Corporate real estate organizations face disruptive challenges. This requires an objective lens and an innovative view of the work, workforce, and workplace. Through a data-driven and market-tested approach, Deloitte's real estate and location strategy services provide leaders with knowledge to navigate decisions. To find out more, email US Real Estate and Location Strategy at Deloitte.com. Here's my next question. Realizing that it's possible for people to view things differently, how does Microsoft Real Estate partner with the business when their recommendation is at odds with what you as a corporate real estate leader and professional might recommend? Interesting question. This is something that we face quite often. And, and I, I think that to be successful in this conversation, the first thing that really needs to happen is that relationship based on trust and respect, right? You know, we, we shouldn't just be meeting with a, a partner the first time these instances come up. And, you know, this is where I was talking earlier with that collaboration and curiosity, right? You, you tend to buy or to earn respect and trust as, as you have these conversations long-term. And then we hit these, and when we hit these um, constraint points over like location in a market or size or desktops or something physical, you know, you, you've got that, that relationship that has already been founded. And so, you know, this is like a, this point of conflict might be, a, you know, just one point on this overall journey of delivering space, right? And, and this is where I think from a real estate organization with Microsoft, we, we feel pretty empowered to, you know, push the boundaries of what we think works because we have that seat at the table, right? We, we feel that, you know, we, we've got the conviction of some of the science and, and our research and you know, through time with the leader, we can help inform and educate how like our suggestions, you know, on the workplace can contribute to employee satisfaction or overall, you know, business productivity. And, and that's not to say that it's, you know, we'll be heavy-handed in this approach, but with that collaborative, you know, that collaborative um, creative uh, cycle, you know, there's a way for us, generally speaking, to to land this recommendation with some of our leaders and, and agree a path forward. Excellent. Okay. My next question, we've heard so much about employee engagement over the last year to how much it helps when employees are engaged and the role of the workplace and supporting that. So my question is, from your standpoint, Michael, what do engaged employees look like and how can real estate decisions support that engagement? Great question. And I'm going to focus on a story in Georgia, you know, that's kind of gotten news over time. So um, if, if I look at our office in Alpharetta, Georgia, you know, I, I think of engaged employees as, as happy employees, right, and productive, you know. So in um, when I first came back to the U.S., the, the old office was, was hidden away in, in a portion of Alpharetta, and it was called Sanctuary Park. Beautiful location. But the but the reality it was it was from a, it was our sales office. The reality it's it was off the beaten path. It, was, it lacked visibility or presence in the market. So you know if I think of like a Microsoft sales office, it just really m missed the opportunity on enhancing Microsoft's brand 
and, and market position. So what we did there was, you know, through these conversations that we had with the business and the leadership and our people and our customers, we actually came up with a relocation strategy, honestly, within about a mile, as, as memory serves, within a mile of the previous office. But this place was, you know, this was um, in, called, in the area called Avalon. And the you know, feedback was great. You know, Microsoft's brand image was enhanced within the Georgia location or within Atlanta. And so when we see this, you know, a relocation of an office to a more frenetic or energized area, you know, we see a, an opportunity to create a stronger high, you know, heartbeat or vibrancy within the workplace, our connections to the local community, you know, where we do business, you know, the there, there was an uptick in call it uh, attendance rate at the at the Microsoft office from our employees and, you know, increased satisfaction or, you know, delight, if you will, from our customers, right? And so that's where when you have that, you know, you get that, you got that buzz from an internal, you know, from the internal employees to the external employees. What what we see, like when we do our, you know, our annual surveys, if you will, there's there's a market increase in employee satisfaction. And if I and if I extend that, you know, we're doing something that's the same now or something similar down in downtown Atlanta, right? Where we're taking our lessons learned from Alpharetta. You know, we're taking our lessons learned that have happened since I think what was it, 2017, and building like a, a new collaborative workplace at Atlantic Yards, right? So everything that we did there, you know, in, in Alpharetta and all our new, you know, body of work, this is um this is how we're thinking about our 500,000 square feet at at Atlantic Yards, and I think if we do that well, you know, if we create if we create a that collaborative and engaged space, I think there's a positive, you know, people are going to hear about that in market and that incre- that improves our ability to attract and retain talent that increases their, the way they um, collaborate and focus and recharge, you know, and some of this, when I talk about like our, our space, you know, we have a blend of workspace and we have, you know, call it like touchdown space where they work and, and obviously the collaborative space, but we're, being intentional in a lot of our locations now where we deliver dining experiences that are, you know, top notch. In Atlantic Yards, I'm delivering, or my team and I are delivering a recording studio because that's specific to the nature of Atlanta and our and our employees have expressed, expressed you know, interest in that. You know, so I think like if, if we're intentional and deliver some of these, you know, spaces, that really motivates people to, it engages people, it makes them happy, it makes them more productive, and it makes them proud of working for a company like Microsoft. Excellent, excellent. And now, Michael, for my my last question, and I, I think this ties in with some of your comments about that fantastic new uh, site that you're developing in Atlantic Yards. How do the needs of the surrounding community influence corporate real estate decisions? And can you cite some specific examples and explain the benefits from a from a corporate standpoint? I think this is a perfect tie-in back to your new your new office there. Yes, that is a good example. In all the designs we do in, in all these locations, you know, one of the challenges or one of our guiding principles is to make it locally relevant. So in Atlanta, it's the connection to the, you know, the if I think if you think of Atlanta, it's the connection to a community of creatives and music and style. And so everything we do in Atlanta is, you know, there's a color palette that we were intentional with. There's, you know, with and, and looking at Atlanta's history and connection to music or, you know, civil rights, we try to build that through who we are, right? Also, you know, Atlanta, you know, we are 
either in physical space or in through programs. We're seeing what we can do right now to increase and enhance those connections to the Georgia Tech and the historically black colleges and universities. You know, we recently purchased land, you know, so we're, we're engaging with the local community just as people and humans, right? So there's a lot of stuff that we want to be of the community and not this location and this outpost that sits there, right? Other examples of this, you know, from other locations is in, you know, Detroit or New York City, you know, we do something similar in, in Detroit, you know, to make it locally relevant. You know, they have, um, what's the name of the brand? I'll have to come back. You know, they have a watch and watch manufacturer there. And so we've, you know, bought a custom clock in Detroit that people recognize if, if you're from Detroit, you know, a, a Coloradan or somebody else may not appreciate it, but the people from, from Detroit recognize the care that went into delivering the space. In New York City, it's it's the, the arts and the music from New York, which is different than Atlanta. We put front and center within the space we delivered at 300 Lafayette. And we're working with local art talent to curate like a, a cycling art uh, show, if you will. And all these thoughts, you know, is about making them, um, these spaces locally relevant because they bring, you know, delight, satisfaction and uh, to our employees and give, they recognize the, you know, the cities that we're in. Fantastic. That sounds great. And one last comment on that last piece. I think T. Dallas Smith helped Microsoft with that big new site, right? T. Dallas Smith, amazing man. Yeah, he and his organization, T. Dallas Smith and Company, were central to our success in Atlanta. I can't overstate that. And, you know, and I, you know, I've had the opportunity to get to know Dallas over several years now. You know, I consider him, uh, you know, a thought leader. And he's certainly, he and his team are, we're certainly there in framing the way we pursued our overall portfolio in Atlanta. Excellent. I've met him too, and I think he's just a super guy. So it sounds like a, a great partnership there with his company and yours. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Michael, it's been great talking with you today. And on behalf of Cornet Global, I'd like to thank you very 